Get ready to innovate and organize your workspace with Metro. As the industry leader in storage and distribution systems, Metro is here to transform and organize your kitchen. With their premium solutions, you'll experience the Metro difference. Metro's sturdy and versatile shelving units, workstations, holding cabinets, and utility carts are designed to streamline operations and maximize your productivity. Don't settle for imitators. Metro products last longer and offer unparalleled quality and durability. Plus, the many customization options ensure that your space is tailored to your unique needs. Hey, we use them here at Walk & Talk. Say goodbye to chaos and hello to order with Metro Shelving. Visit their website or contact them today to start designing your perfect space. Metro Shelving, your partner in organization and efficiency. food fam this is the walk and talk podcast where you will find the perfect blend of food fun and cooking knowledge i'm your host carl fiedini welcome to the number one food podcast in the country we're recording on site at ibis images studios where food photography comes alive and i get to eat it first things first last week we had author matt haynes on the podcast if you missed it and you're intrigued by all things Mardi Gras and King Cakes, go back and check it out. Uh, and also be sure to check out our Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Um, you got to get your eyeballs on the uh, fabulous photography. Um, you'll find those handles in the description. Um, we've got four amazing dishes to highlight today. It's going to be a really good time. Oh, yeah, I just did that. But you're, uh, <laughs> but really, uh, gr- the, <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. the, uh, the ground, uh, Veal stuffed shells are top notch. Thank you, Peninsula Food Service, for supplying the proteins for this production today. Um, chefs in the Central Florida area, Peninsula is the largest distributor of Creekstone Farms beef in the Southeast United States, complete with a fully staffed butcher shop to help you solve your kitchen inconsistencies. Check out their dry aged program, too. Okay, so uh, our guest this week is journalist, food writer, and walk and talk podcast contributor Amy Drew Thompson. She'll be getting into uh, the Orlando Sentinels Foodie Awards and something about some Tijuana tacos. Stay tuned. Jeff, baby, you know what to do. Pop the clutch and get into that free, uh, that pre-shift. Let's get to the uh, explanations, brother. Not a problem. So the reason why we came up with the theme today, which was basically simple. No theme. <laughs> yeah, for me it was. It was called Simple and Elegant. Right. Uh, more, it was my theme was crisis cooking ten minutes or less, because I was in out of town this past week until yesterday. That's why I sound this way, trying to still recover from it. But uh, we did four different ones. We did a breakfast, so we took some uh, breakfast sausages, ground them up a little bit, and hit it with some sherry wine, made a nice uh, thick, would give you a nice big hug type of uh, sausage gravy. Then we took some biscuit dough, then had a mini waffle maker, put them in the waffle, and then some fried chicken tenders and layered that through. And then this was the kicker. Um, I think it was like two weeks ago, I was at the Lakeland Farmer's Market, and there was somebody from Vermont, and they had a whiskey-infused maple syrup. I'm like, sold. Uh, So I put that around that, had some sage as the garnish, had some fried sage actually inside the sauce, so it had some layers to it. The next dish was... um, you know, the old classic, you're in a, you're in 
one chicken Florentine, which is just basically spinach and cheese, throw it on a piece of chicken and bake it off, but kind of raise that level, raise the roof a little bit with some like uh, bacon. So I had maple, maple, maple bacons inside it. We had um, gran panado, flor, uh, what was the soft cheese I used? Provolone and then mozzarella. So I mixed that up together. So I had some is lemon zest and then I topped it off with some pesto. Zoodles was on the side, so the dish was completely... Um, carb-free, so it was really uh, friendly for the keto or somebody was looking to not have so many carbs into it. And then I sh- downshifted into being a chicken Wellington. Instead of being it normal, wrapped in the puff pastry because that would take me more time, I actually cut out little rounds, utilized the puff pastries that way, kept them flat, and then did roasted chicken with crispy potato chips, uh, sauteed vegetables, which was carrots. Then we did a broccoli puree, but I added a little more spinach to it, give it that vibrant color. Uh, and then I did a nice beef consomme reduction to it, but I added Marmite. So it gave it a little more, um, bite to it. And then to give it some sweetness and some richness, like almost chocolate velvety, I added black garlic to it and then pureed that down. And then lastly, we did the veal bolognese, that one, that lemon zest and this I got from going to a place called Bufalina and it's in Austin, Texas. It was a James Beard finalist and they did a scratch toast and I hit the tomato jam with the, the, the stretched, fresh stretched mozzarella. And there was such a pro- pronounced lemon flavor that I just like anything fatty is going to get this much lemon because you need that acid there. So it breaks everything down. It kind of brightens up your taste buds. And I did exactly that with this one. I have botacota in there. I have ground panado. Oh, Picorino Romano was the other cheese I had. And then we did some fresh moths on top of that. And then a little bit of the tomato sauce on the bottom, just roast that baby off. It was fantastic. And you're lucky you're getting that because she's hungry. I'm so hungry. I'm I'm ten times hungrier than I was when I sat down. I missed all of that. I yeah. really did. Well, you know what? We, we, we know could, somebody. You should show up earlier. Okay. That's wow. What That's what I'm saying. Shots fired. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right. So I just want to give a little bit of, uh, first of all, um, everything was really on point today. Thank you. Jefferson, <laughs> you did it. Okay. Yeah. You did it. You've arrived. I'm just saying, like, you've... I don't know that you ever need to go to a professional kitchen ever again. Um, <laughs> you just show up here at the at the, studio at the studio and cook here. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's just for your belly. Mo- money be yeah. I mean, <laughs> profitability and money be damned, right? Like, right. Su- exactly. Success goes Heard. in the garbage. Um, no, you did great. Uh, that um, that puree was is is really good, and I'm taking it with me. Uh, by the way. I know. I, have, I told I, you to. I, yeah, the bag. I'm taking. It. And there's like three ingredients, four ingredients. There's actually chives, yeah, spinach, broccoli, that's been pureed almost to like almost baby, a little just before it gets really too soft. Yeah. And then the spinach to brighten it up. No, most of the time people use parsley, but the problem with too much chlorophyll that there that will overtake as far as the flavor profile. Spinach is very neutral. Has a lot of chlorophyll in it, but it doesn't over uh, have that tendency to be that flavor profile of parsley. And parsley also, um, back in the day when when I was going, <laughs> back in my day, when we were going out, that was the garnish. It was like a lemon peel and then half of it was dipped in the parsley. And then you had to wash the parsley out like until it was clear. And you had to look for a towel. You couldn't use a napkin. And then you would rip the towel. Thank God we don't do those anymore. But you go to like Marvin's Farm and get microgreens and it's so much better. Yeah. But yeah. So I didn't want to do that. So I used the spinach and that's, and then salt and pepper and then a little garlic and I blanched the garlic too. 
Well, you did good today. Thanks. And you know, you know who else did good today? Uh, your you. Uh, me, I ate well. I'm I'm happy. Uh, no, I'm talking about John. Oh, he always does. I know. Well, he needs more like yeah, more kudos out there. Yeah, uh, people. If you're listening and if you can hear the sound of my voice, uh, in the description you're going to find John's Instagram. Give him instant follow this man. Give him instant love. Yeah, give him instant love. Okay, I don't know if that <laughs> that's the thing, but well, it is now. But yeah. we just started it. Just right. give him some instant love. He yeah, needs- give, give this guy instant love. Um. He's too talented not to be, like, number one out there. True story. Um, let's talk about Amy for a second. So before I bring Amy actually onto the program, um, what she's going to be doing with the Walk and Talk podcast, obviously she's a writer, uh, Orlando Sentinel, and, you know, her her articles come out, and if she's going to do something and it's, you know, either coming up or just put out, you know, we're going to have her on the show and we're going to talk about it. And, and, you know, she does a lot of, she does a lot of restaurants that you need to go to in the central Florida area, Orlando area. And I I think, um, I just think that, uh, you got to pay attention out there, pay attention, listen, follow along. All right. Join me. Join me. (laughs) Speaking of join me, Amy, welcome to the program. I'm back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> put him up, put him up. Put him up. I love it. Um, I wish everyone can see you right now. Uh, with the, the glasses. With the my glasses. shades. Yeah. The shades on. Yeah, yeah. I lost. I, I was out of town, too. I was in New Orleans. Lost my glasses. Yeah, I saw. I, I was I was stalking you on your page. I noticed that you were you posted from the, the French Quarter. Yeah, yeah. I was off. Well, this time I was in the French Quarter more than usual because of Mardi Gras. I've been to New Orleans many times. This was my first Mardi Gras. Oh wow! So I've was, never been to Mardi Gras. I've it's been there. Uh, it's How a was scene. That? Oh, yeah. it's it's hellacious and trashy <laughs> and fun and it's what you would imagine. It's debauchery. It's, it's where yeah, you need to be, Jeff. No, I don't need to be there. I've I've been there when it's not, and it's still debauchery when you're not. Yeah, you can Gras. you can kind of live above it and you know be a little bit in it and then just sort of do your own thing, which is a little bit, but we, you know, we hung out on a balcony. I threw people beads. It was, you know, it was a scene. It was a scene for sure. Yeah. We, we brought that up on the last podcast. I'm in that space where I, I can, you know, <laughs> receive beads. And yeah. You definitely, you <laughs> and I are definitely, please don't lift your shirt. Maybe I There's should take more. the food home this today. Bo- <laughs> this, this, this body type isn't working out well. Um, <laughs> did you just hear what she said? Yes. Okay. I did. You just I, kind of I, passed I, over. I, I want to bring you to make sure. I, I just ignored that. Yeah. It, was, yeah, it looks that. really good. Everything looks really good. It looks like if you listen, seriously though, I'm going to stuff, next a, time, I'm going to stuff a stuffed shell in my mouth and then <laughs> jet out of here. That's what, when you get on your socials later, you're going to see that's what I did. Basically, right. <laughs> I did it for uh, I do it for the uh, for the video. All right, let's talk about um, the Foodie Awards. Right, yeah, that, that's happening. Like as we speak, as, as this, we speak, as we're recording, people are voting right yeah. now. Talk about it. The Orlando Sentinel Foodie Awards is way precedes me. This is, I think, the twenty seventh year that they've done something like this. Uh, it's my fourth, but they're switching it up. It's a 50 category um, field and it's a lot. It's a lot to digest, forgive the pun. Um, and so this year they've decided, like I should be asking for forgiveness. It's all I do is puns. Uh, um, have you heard his puns? <laughs> yes. So you don't have to forgive because of his. Yes. Like um, feel what pun that you did at the opening monologue. Yeah, that was great. It was really that good. Was, yeah, was really good. Yeah. 
So Aye. this year they're breaking it up into four quarters. So it's fewer categories um, for people to nominate and the readers nominate. And then the top three in each category go on to a voting round and one of them uh, comes out on top. And that's what's going on right now. So the nominating cate- the nominating time is over. And now we have our contenders and the reader's choice. And then I get to do my own choices. Those are the critics picks. So I don't have anything to do. That's all readers, all Critics picks. I, yeah. I, uh, so I, I voted already uh, once. I have to do a little bit more myself. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to go see who's in. Have you voted? Like voted? You didn't nominate. You voted. And I voted. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's right? we have the, a. No, have she a whole started out with the nominations, and yes. then now they're in the voting right Correct. now. I did this like two days ago. So whatever that. Yeah. Whatever it started. I want to say yesterday was voting. Then maybe I did a nomination. Okay. Did you write know. a name of a restaurant in? Yeah, that, that you nominated. That's, called, that's yeah. called nomination, right? Yeah. So you did that. Okay. Well, hey, look, and I just jumped in there. Well, that's okay. The I'm glad you're in. Welcome. I, I Welcome. saw your post. Yes. And I jumped in. Yes. Jump in, and you know what? See we're, that? We'll be doing it again in another quarter, so you can go for another whole round, and this time you can nominate if you want every single day. And help your favorite places rack up the nominations and hopefully make it to the top three. Because that's... Uh, yeah. And because I have a lot of friends out there in the business... There you go. I shall never tell. You can build an um, army. I'll never... Yeah, but I'll never tell who I'm voting for. I keep it... Yeah, well, that's your right. Yeah. The sacred right. Yeah, who you're voting for in the Foodie Fight. Awards. <laughs> Don't well, do that. Right. Stop it. Stop. You, hey, listen, Stop. you do it. Oh, I can do it, goodness. too. No, you can't. Because I do it good. Okay? <laughs> that was still good. <laughs> It's a really, it's a fun contest. I think that people will talk about, you know, what I love to see is restaurants getting the love from the people who love them. Um, and then I get to give love too. And we get a whole bunch of recommendations every quarter for people to try. I think that's one of the things in the industry we need right now is that we need to show each other love more so than trying to break things down. Yeah, you know, for sure. This is perfect. I, I think everything, you know, you go to a restaurant row and the better the stuff that's out there, it's not like you can't look at it as competition because nobody on that row is going to come to your restaurant every night. They're going to mix it up. Mm-hmm. So everybody, you know, all boats lifted. Rising tide lifts all boats. So I think that it's more like, yeah, there's a little bit of competition, I guess, but really overall, everybody makes the scene better. Everybody does better. Yep. I went out to dinner last night and, uh, it, it, you know, it's a, it was a nice, it's a decent place, but Right next door, they're opening another nice, decent place, right? And the servers, you know, we're talking about it with the server. And um, and we asked his thoughts, like, what do you think about it? He says, well, I just hope that we don't lose business over it. Now, this was an Italian restaurant, and across, literally across the walk path was a, uh, is a high-end Mexican uh, concept. And I, and I said, it's not, you, you know. These are completely two different food concepts and it's, it's a busy play, busy area. It's not going to affect you in any kind of way. If anything, it's going to bring more people in. Yeah. And, and people come for tacos over. and they go, Oh, Hey, we should try that place. Yeah. You know, or they came for the tacos. Hey, I didn't know that place was there. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Who's going to stay open. You know, what's the, uh, what's the percentage of keeping a restaurant? To- One in three fall, fail in the first three years. Yeah. It's about 98% failure rate in the first three years. It's tough. It's tough. So, yeah. So I think everybody, one of the nice things that I hear a lot about Orlando from other chefs who come from other places is that the camaraderie in our city, in the food scene, um, 
you know, between restaurant owners, between chefs, like everybody's sporting each other. They come and they, they come to each other's pop-ups. They go to each other's businesses. They post about each other's food and it's nice. Attention chefs and food buyers. Are you looking to improve your proteins program with quality and service by the best in the beef business? Reach out to Peninsula Food Service. With 25 butchers on staff, their services will dazzle you and impress your dining guests. Peninsula is the largest Creekstone farm distributor in the Southeast United States. Let the gang at Peninsula Food Service cut your beef burdens away and ask about their dry-aged program. Look them up at PeninsulaFood.com. Yeah, and it's in Tampa, too. I mean, now for me, going from West Palm Beach, when we had a lot of camaraderie down there, and we moved, like, and we moved over last year, I'm starting to see that, you know, you're seeing different chefs that we've interviewed and I, you know, talk to them and I see what they're, who they're posting if they go out to eat, because let's face it, everybody's working six days a week and you want that one day in downtime to kind of recuperate, but they're showing a lot of love. And I think that's what we need to focus in on as the, as the industry as a whole. Yeah. Especially since most of them are eating Fazoli's breadsticks on the way home from a shift you know, they can, they or, or Burger King yeah, or whatever. McDonald's whatever, whatever your thing you is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's funny you bring up Fazoli's, but it, you know, for me, it's a drive through because I don't want to be bothered. You know, yeah, I don't see, want to I, see anybody. Just, I have to eat too much. I barely hit any. I I generally only hit any kind of place like that when it's for a story because I'm just eating all the time. For me, it's like I can get food fatigue. Ooh. Hmm. That's an interesting. Uh, There's a little thing. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to come back to that. That's like uh, tipping and tipflation that we talked about. Food fatigue. Yeah. People are like, what do you want to eat? I'm like, can I just have some tea? <laughs> <laughs> And on the other side of that, it's like, hey, what do you want to eat? I don't know. I just don't want to tip anymore. You know, it's <laughs> oh, tip fatigue. Tip yeah. fatigue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. We should have. Um, I want. I've been wanting to do a story about, you know, all of the weird. Everybody's doing things different now. The twenty percent, you know, auto gratuity. And do you want to add more? Look, and, look wait, hold on. The, the, I'm not going to offer anything yet because I haven't yeah, done my no, research. No, no, no. But, but I, I just want to put this out there into the universe, right? Um, if if I, if you're ever, if you're a server and you get me as a guest and you hand me an electronic device to pay for the meal, walk away from me. They just, they linger and they wait while you're doing the gratuity. It's like your vote. You want to keep, you feel pressure. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to feel pressure. I am the least cheap person ever. Just get the hell away from me. Like you're not allowed to stand (laughs) up. Cause you know, I mean, listen, I was a server for a long time that, you know, growing up I did. You know, it was in the business, right? Well, before that, we used to just leave it on the table. You leave it on the table. And you walk away. You would never go back. We didn't have the iPads. No iPads, but you would leave it. Like if somebody did leave a, you know, uh, you know, they, 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 uh, they paid the card, whatever it's there. They take their card back. You don't go back and pick up the the check and to like walk away with or the the cash and everything. You don't, you leave it there until they walk away. Then you go back and you, you collect your stuff and you see what, you know, what they left you. You don't do it. Bef- you don't do it beforehand, like when they're still having finishing up their cocktail, their drink. You walk by and you pick up the. That's so rude. Oh my goodness. Sorry, tangent. Uh, 
It's okay. Non sequiturs happen. <sighs> I can't wait to do the story now. Okay, so well, t- I, I'll be honest with you. Where the tipping issue came into a problem is when I was in, working in Miami, and there was a restaurant that actually got caught tipping or putting a tip on a, a different uh, two top, and not another two top, and it became this huge thing. It wasn't. It was like on purpose. It wasn't an yeah, accident. Yeah, it wasn't weird. an accident. And the guy actually came out and said why, which was not really. <sighs> you don't do that as an owner. And it got out, and it went to the city council, and the city council said, if you're going to put a tip on it, it has to be for everyone or no one. So you had to make a decision right then and there. So if you put a tipping policy in in Miami, it became law in the city of Miami that you have to leave it in and everyone gets tipped automatically, granted. So, and I can see where it comes from because of this story incident. So we're talking about 2001. I have a nice piece of research to go look up now. Yeah. I can, we'll talk off air and a little bit more about it because it's probably not the right platform to talk about it, but it's definitely something worth for your article. But that's where it started from in, in Miami. Interesting. Yeah. All right, yeah. we'll definitely talk about I that. will tell you that when we were at Buffalina, something that we caught that was very interesting that's becoming really popular is a 3% health charge for what? their employees. What is it? On the bottom of the menu, it says, we are going to automatically put a 3% charge for the health of our, um, uh, uh, of our staff. And that money went to the house, meaning to the actual kitchen, because we, we asked specifically. And that's something that's new that I've actually seen that's been trending. So that's like, that's 3% separate of whatever whatever your bill was. There's an extra 3%. That 3% goes to the back of the house to pay their employees. Hmm. I mean, I don't know that I'm upset with that, you know, because the truth is, you know, the average person is going to tip, you know, 15 to 25%, right? So, well, this is like in the fees. So it's like taxes and then a 3%. my, My point is, you you have a pretty pretty nice spread in there anyway on tip percentile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the three points, even if somebody gets aggravated and says, "Well, yeah, I was going to leave twenty, now you're just going to get 18. it doesn't matter. The the server's still going to you know walk away with fifteen. It's fine. I don't, I don't see a big deal there. What about the three percent surcharge on credit cards? Well, that's another story. Well, what about this? It's let thievery. me let me throw, since you guys are debating, what about the idea of just raising the prices and covering all of those expenses and letting me pay, you know, if I came in for a $12, let's just say not me. If somebody comes in for a $12 burger and we make that burger $15, isn't that just easier than adding on all these percents? Because you you would normally think that way, but there's a lot of people out there that are comparing other restaurants to be like, well, I can get that. Listen, I just was that. But isn't that the tip of the iceberg? Once people start doing it, won't it catch on? And then everybody can just actually cover their costs and the price of their goods. You would think that. But here, like I went to the hotel and I was reading their menu. It was $23 for a normal burger. And I said something to some people that were at the event that I was at. Like, you can go right down the street. It's 12 bucks. So, I mean, there, you see the one hand that, that the hotel is overcharging. If it's a gouge, it's, it's not going to work. What I mean right. by gouge, right, what I mean by gouge is, savvy. right. A lot of the, uh, some of the corporate establishments, right. They're, you know, they'll kind of just like, all right, let's just throw it in there. We're going to charge it. And there's a business bi- model though. You can walk into a little mom and pop place. That's the size of a place that we're sitting in right now. And you can see that the burger is not going to need to cost twenty three fifty. But if you walk into a place where you look around and you're like, God, 
the rent here has got to be 10 grand a month. And that's before I pay any insurance. It's before I pay the mortgage on my bar. It's before I pay, you know, any of my employees. Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, a burger here could cost 2350. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, obviously you're paying for ambiance, you know, you're walking into a place like that. Uh, Clearly there's dollars spent. Right. So, right. Yeah. And again, you, you know, I don't mind if, if it's, if it's worthy, it's good. The problem is, is if you're getting, if you're getting this, this burger, and that the burger is just not, you have to make it extra. It right, but then to be, nobody's going to come. You know what I, I mean? I think that it's, it. I, that's the way I would see it is that if you charge me, you may get me that one time, but you're never going to get anybody again right. and then well, you're out of business. You're correct. All I'm saying is elevate the product, whatever, if it's a sandwich, a burger, whatever, elevate it. How long have you been in sales? Too long. Right. So, I mean, think about that for a second. If you come out and you've done a tasting on burgers, and we're, because we're, since we're talking about that, and you're known for that burger, you're not going to change that burger. But if that burger price goes up that you have to pay for, and you go for, and it goes up substantially, because obviously, you know, that swings a lot, especially if it has short rib and brisket and chuck, that's a huge variance. It starts to swing. You can't fit or, or maximize the potential for the ROI on that product, especially if you have the 3% and then it goes up and then you're going to put on this percentage. Then you're like, all of a sudden this burger goes from four, $15 you're known for to 18 to $19. Yeah, well, once you, but once you tack on that 20% surcharge, that was the $23 that I was going to pay for the burger anyway. Right. So just yeah. stop making me do math. Right. I'm, I know that, <laughs> but that's the problem is once you get open and you're established, when you go to raise up your, your fees, right. that's where a lot of people People tend to get pissed off when you're opening up. You still have to like when we're talking about chicken wings, it's a prime example. I thought I was doing a great job of having my chicken wings at $15 for 10 wings. They were $98 a case. I never expected during COVID chicken wings to go to $200. Yeah. And people compensated a lot. There were places in town. I did a story that, you know, compensated by basically just raising everything on the menu a tiny bit. Yeah, but fifteen dollars I couldn't at that point. Yeah. yeah, and but these were places where wings were the and right. everybody understood it was all over the news and people maybe people didn't come as much and maybe people just understood this is this is what it costs now. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to you it. Know? I'm not opposed to that because for me it, it, it's it's all still in your same math. Right. If it, I was going to pay fourteen dollars for the cocktail. Charging 15 or 16 is not going to make me not buy the cocktail. I'm not going from zero to a hundred, you know, but there's a lot of people out there in the population here. We're talking about people that are in business that know the business like us. Right. We would, you know, we go, yeah, no problem. I see it. It's the individuals that don't see it, don't understand it because they don't understand economics and especially in the restaurant industry. Maybe this helps them learn. That's what we're trying to do. Right. <laughs> I mean, like some, you as a shoemaker, you can make 175% markup. You can't do 175% up markup on a chicken breast. Who's going to spend, like I saw chicken breast on menus that were $50. What are the bar markups? That let, uh, right. No. So one so, drink was $19 well, and all it was, was an old fashioned and it was, and but it that's wasn't standard. a good bourbon. A bottle of wine in a restaurant is, is double Ridiculous. or triple what you, but it's always been like that. Yeah. Quadruple. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just thinking about, you'll see it and you're, and you know, you're out. So maybe you're willing to pay it, but you look at it and you're like, that bottle of wine costs $17 in pockets. <laughs> Santa Margarita is not worth it. You no know? offense, but I see $25 on the shelf and it's like $80 in a restaurant. Like, nope. But you know, but uh, for, that's the whole for thing. For somebody like me, I have a, I have a fairly high tolerance, right, with alcohol. So, you know, if there's a $20 cocktail, 
you know, I'm, I'm not spending $150. You just on, want booze and a glass. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I have standards, but at the end of the day, like I, I you know, I need more. I need more. I'm not going to spend. So you pregame. I always oh, yeah. pregame before always. you go out. Road soda. To. Yeah. I mean, I don't drive. <laughs> it's road soda, but I don't drive. So just to be clear on anybody who's listening. Yeah. But yeah, these are the strategies, right? Mm-hmm. You want to go out, you pregame a little. All right. Speaking of going out, I don't want to get too far away from uh, Tijuana tacos. Oh my God. Tijuana tacos. Yes. I just learned what those are. They yes. have a lot of guacamole, which I like. I'm we'll talk fan. about it. This is this was your article. Yes, uh, I went to a pop up that I had heard a lot about, but it was hard. I I'd been meaning to go for months, but they only pop up three four times a month because Samuel, the guy who runs the pop up, he has another job. This is like his side hustle that he's growing, and hopefully by the end of the year, I know that he hopes to um, have a truck or something more regular and have it you know be his full time gig. But he pops up all over town, apartment. He's actually at Onyx Winter Park Apartments tonight. I'll give a shout out. Um, 6 p.m. until sellout. And they do sell out because what he's making is a very regional taco that they have in Southern California. Um, it's a Tijuana style taco. He's from San Diego. He said that in San Diego, you can walk there like three minutes apart. To get tacos like this. But in Orlando, he says nobody's really doing them. This style. And the Southern Californians and transplants and friends, and they're lining up. I got there early when I went. I finally matched up with a date and uh, was to open. I got there at 530. I was like, I'll just hang out in my car for a few minutes. So I got out in 15 minutes. There was already 20 people online. Waiting before he started selling the tacos. What's the name of the, the place? It is Over the Border Taqueria. Okay. And you can find them. That is their handle on Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, you can catch all of this stuff. Um, but my post right this second is a big takeout box of chorizo and asada and pastor tacos from John's Over looking. the Border Taqueria. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, well, he's, my photography's not as good as yours, John. <laughs> You're not getting graded for that. But, yeah, so. but it's good enough. Um, this this is good. the judgment-free zone. Yes, yes. He, he only pointed the two of you just by the way. Yeah, by the way. I'm a writer. I'm a writer. I'm not a photographer. I've been getting better. <laughs> he he just got you a thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah, it's good stuff. And what I learned about Tijuana Tacos is the fire cooking is everything. You know, the smoke, the fire, the trump, the trompo, excuse me. Is this what the difference is between uh, this style and, and a traditional like street taco? Well, like, other, what is the what I are the think differences? That they they have it's like a nice corn tortilla. He gets them fresh from a local place, and um, you throw that on the griddle with a little oil. It gets a little chewy. It has that nice, and it doesn't fall apart. Right once you throw it on the griddle, it becomes more stable, and it's meat. It's onions and cilantro and then guac and sauce. So you won't get cheese in there. It's just the meat is the star. The guac really just is so delicious. And it's obviously California, Mexico, avocados. It's a big thing. And he told me he's from San Diego. His father's from Tijuana, Northern Mexican tacos. It's different. Mexico's huge. You go all over from the different states. You get different regions, different spices, different flavors, more seafood, more, you know, uh, vegetables, 
I just knocked into something, so everybody's shaking their head at me. Um, I'm just laughing. Actually, I didn't shake my head at all. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying it wasn't me. <laughs> in the north, there's a lot of guacamole. Right. And they really show it up. If you see the post, you'll see it's beautiful and green. And the sauce that he makes the sauce uh, himself, he marinates the meat for the pastor himself. Um, and he sets it up and he sells out every time. Yeah, so. but you need to say how he cooks that pastor because he's actually doing it the right way. Yes, he's got the trompo set up. I'm so bad, my my accent. Um, and it's fire cooked. It rotates on the vertical spit. This is something that was brought to Mexico by immigrants many, many moons ago. Um, you see them in Mexico City all the time from the Middle East. And it's something that was picked up and now it's very Mexican. This is sort of like the colache uh, conversation that we, had, in the green we had earlier, which is Czech immigrants in Texas brought this pastry and now it's Texan, you know? So now this is a very Mexican taco, but it didn't start that way. It started with immigrants. Yeah. So if you remember, we had that conversation where, um, the, the Yiddo Donner started, it's actually from the Bedouins. Everything was cooked as they were moving. They would, you know, slaughter the animal. They would put it on a spit and they would marinate it and they would use different th forms of it. So the pineapple, when it got into Mexico, pineapple was used as a tenderizer because that is one of the things that pineapple does. And so does papaya. And they would layer fat and beef and lamb. And that's how they became doner or yero. When I saw the picture instantly, it's kind of the same thing. They're using ground meat and then you add the fat in. And so he's controlling how much of that is. And then you can actually spice the meat the way you want it. So you're getting this beautiful thing. So as you're, as the meat is going around in a circle, the heat is coming and it's stacked um, height wise, as far as the heat is going. So as it's cooking, it's spinning at the same time. And the fat is rendering down as it's cooking. It's causing the caramelization almost instantly to kind of have a crust on the meat. So the Maillard reaction happens really quick and it's really juicy because the amount of fat they have in there, and it's delicious. And it's not only just for Mexican, like uh, the al pastor, it's actually every single, pretty much every single society around the world has done something that started from the Bedouins because it's been with different cultures mixing together from, you know, wars or whatever. They kind of take what they want and they look at that and go, hey, that's a great, let's do it over here. I want to bet and win too. So here's 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 what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. We haven't done uh, we have not done tacos. I don't remember doing tacos. Right. The nice thing about tacos though is you can revisit them and make them anything. Oh no, you know? I want to revisit them next week. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like for next week, I'm well. You I'm know, for tacos. Did, we, did you not see that we had a uh, thing come through the text messages? They want to do minis. Yeah, we can mini do minis. Food? We can do mini food. Okay. They're, they're very Aww. cute. Oh, that's what I said. That's what I did as a joke. We did. We did actually do tacos. We did yeah. it for the October event at the for the the chefs and the PR stuff. We did it of Salimar. One of the dishes I did was a pulled chicken taco. I don't remember that. Of course you don't, because you you even you've eaten other things since then. <laughs> well, I eat a lot. And we well, have not done a full he's spread. Like the dory a, of what? eating, like it's just the last yeah. thing he ate. That's it. I, he's like go. a goldfish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh look, a castle. <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh look, it's a Ooh, there it is. candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> I don't think we've done full blown like sopa, like, like and a street stuff taco. Like well, yeah. I mean, like, how deep do you want to go down the rabbit Pretty hole? Pretty deep. I want to go far. Like, what's up, Doc? You know what I'm saying? That far, that deep. Okay. Yeah. The hell are we talking about? You want, here you want lingua or no? Oh, huh? I do. 
What do you call me? <laughs> Cabeza, lengua. Let's do all that. Yeah. Yes. Claro, clarito. All right. Yeah. Because yeah. I can I can go real deep. That's why I'm like, how deep you want to go? I can also do tripa if you want. But yeah. I know you don't like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> See, do the lengua then. All right. I love that. Let's do it. All right. So we need beef tongue. So I'm here next week. Okay. <laughs> doing the show. I, I want to listen. I want to smoke the beef tongue. There's nothing like if you've never had smoked beef tongue, you've not eaten properly. It I is have amazing. memories of being Where's a the crickets? Kid. <laughs> I used to love the tongue sandwiches right. from the deli. And but that was, was cured, right? Yeah, but it was like corned beef, you right, know? Right, exactly. And, and it's sliced, so it mm-hmm. just looks like deli meat. And, you know, it was called a tongue sandwich. I was little, but I just figured, oh, that's just what they call it. And then one day I was just kind of idling by the deli case <laughs> and I spotted it. And I was like, oh, it's like, it's really tongue. Still ate it, yeah. but... You know, it was my learning experience. So yeah, it's the, a real tongue. We actually did one at my restaurant where we actually made um, blue flour masa corn style tortillas, and we smoked chocolate like mole made mole from scratch, and smoked the beef tongue in that. I'm willing to do uh, <laughs> lengua tacos are so good. Yeah, if of course good, you're willing. You're not making good, it. If they well, the thing with lengua is it can get chewy. Uh-huh. Um, you have to cook it right. It's a different kind of a muscle. Um, so you so have maybe to cook Jeff it right. shouldn't be the one to do this. Um, well, <laughs> my point is, is that you can have a bad experience with it if you don't get it well. well just it like just be any food, right? Yeah. Any food, you can have a bad experience. But like tripa like, is the same way. Tripa, you can look at it and be like, oh, there's no way I'm going to have it's that. It's like calamari. Yeah, look at you it know, shaking his head. It's <sighs> something that just if you, you know, you can, it, it'll go chewy very easily if you don't do it right. I do like the honeycomb better than the other one. There's two types of trip or tripe. The one that I don't like is the thicker one. I'll, I'll slice that down and actually marinate that a little bit more. So it's a little bit softer, but the one that you, and I, I've so done you it. should make that because he won't eat it. And then I'll get that. <laughs> There you, there you go. That's that's a way for you guys to get Look some at food. his face. Did you see that Strategery. one? Strategery. Yeah, that's strategic <laughs> thinking. Strategery. Like yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not into tripe. My family, you know, growing up, you know, we they made it. I just, not for me. Walk and Talk Podcast, now sweetened by Noble Citrus. Bite into a juicy crunch tangerine. 40 years perfected, seedless and oh so tasty. Or savor a starburst pomelo, the giant citrus with a unique zing. Don't miss autumn honey tangerines, big and easy to peel. Noble, generations of citrus expertise, delivering exceptional flavor year-round. Taste the difference with Noble Citrus. Okay. So, but you want, you don't want to do all tacos. You want to do like Mexican food though. Yeah. Yeah. We got to, yeah. Not just see Ryan wants to come on for that one. I can cook uh, for Ryan Manning. Oh my God. Okay. Bring him. You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You know where he's working now, right? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yes, I do. Yeah. I do, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. This is great. I can socialize, work, (laughs) eat, all right here. I'll have to reach out to Ryan. Amy, do you not see what we're building here? I'm here. Has it? Ryan, it's clicked, right? Like you. 
Yeah, well, get him on. Let's do this. Yeah, you know, Ryan, the, Ryan studied in Mexico for a long time. Yes. Do you know what's better than one chef? Uh, yeah, two, so two. we can spoil the stock. Right. Yeah, let's make well, it. We might as well have Alejandra come in from Mexico City because she can make tamales. And there, the, the, she made tamales and she's wrecked me. I can never welcome, eat tamales again. Welcome to the same. I'm for all of this. I'm <laughs> for, everybody's cooking. I'm eating the food. <laughs> oh, you're like Carl. I don't, I, don't, I don't have food fatigue today. <laughs> I've only had breakfast. Food fatigue. <laughs> no, Carl never gets food. By the way, that was John. <laughs> yeah, that was John making some reference there. That she never stop eating. Right. Yeah. But you know, listen, I enjoy, I was, you know, so before everybody arrived here today, John and I were having a conversation and, uh, and I, I made it clear to him that I really enjoy these days, I, not I just for the food I'm getting fed, but it's just like, it's the whole camaraderie. We're having a great time. It's the cook in the picture, the whole thing, man. It's just a, this is a fun day. It and, is. And the older you get, the, 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 it just seems like that window of fun days like really <laughs> shrinks, right? So you, you want to really grab onto what you got, you know, when you can get it. And, and that's, you know. Wait, Amy and the rest of the listeners, I'm going to call something out. He texted me on my way and I had pulled up. <laughs> And he goes, I texted you because I was really starving. No, seriously, I'm, I'm really hungry. I was wondering when you were going to get here. I'm so he just lied. Are you, bring, are you bringing food? Like, are you picking something up on the way that I can eat while you're cooking me other things to eat? Wow. Okay, guys. You know, I, I like slept two hours in like 40 something hours in period. And I walk up and I'm exhausted. He's I think like, it's hey, I'm kind of hungry. It's cute. You're needed. You're needed oh, and yeah, loved for- and appreciated. <laughs> I appreciate from a, from a mensch. You, I appreciate you. You complete me. <laughs> okay. Now get in the kitchen. Get in the kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> but I am here. Oh. Get in the kitchen and complete oh me. All right. So how do we find? How do we find? Uh, our, our friend over at the taco place. Oh, over the border. Over you the can border. follow them. The best place is probably Instagram. Follow them on the social. Over the border taqueria with the Q. And uh, you can follow me, Amy Drew, A-M-Y-D-R-O-O on Instagram, and you'll be connected to all of the things that I'm writing about, including Samuel from Over the Border. Um, And like I said, tonight is their last pop-up of the month. So if you're in Winter Park and if you have nothing going on and you want some good tacos, get there for 6 p.m. to sell out. Get there early. I would say at least 15 minutes early. Um, If you can, get there at 530. Linger. Hang out. It's a good time. They they're cooking, and uh, get some tacos. Does he do elote as well? He does mulitas and he does quesadillas, and that's it. And then tacos. That's pretty much and it. Tacos. And what are the Three types of meats? Um, when I went, it's asada, which is steak, um, chorizo, which is sausage, and the pastor, which is pork. And everything you know has like a lot of the marinades are a little different, but everything has that nice, beautiful achiote. Red. Yeah. Um, the asada has that real grilled flavor. Um, the char, right? Yeah. The yeah. char. You can't, you know. Yeah. You can't replicate that. Yeah. It's wood or charcoal, you know, yep. sometimes a combo. Yeah. We were talking when we were in uh, in uh, Austin. Somebody was asking a question about uh, tandoor. Can you cook tandoor or even char, what you're talking about, in a combi oven? And we're like, absolutely not. First of all, you can't get a combi oven up past 500. Second off, you're just not going to have that char that wood flavor that you want on it you're only going to get that with a grill or some other type of you know even and that's what he said he said when people tell me that this was one of the things he's like people say oh this place it's the best asada i ever had and i go there and they're cooking it on the flat top and he's like that's that's frying food by the way he's like that's not not really asada yeah so 
it's it's funny how we think we're doing something authentic and we're not paying really good um, props to the food, the cuisine itself. We're not showing respect to the cuisine. That was not authentico. No, I no. knew. See, that's that wasn't authentico either. I know. I know. <laughs> I've been chased away feel. from the word authentic, but I can tell you that he <clears throat> said that's you know not the right way to do it. It has to have. Well, that just for the record, smoke. Though, just for the record. So my 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 wife is Hispanic. She's Cuban. And growing up in Miami, I used to have conversational skills and, you know, and I can pronounce just fine. Um, but since been, being married um, and children and everyone, I, you know, I just kind of like tune out when I get home now um, and I go out of my way. This is what he meant about how he has less fun days. I yeah, this is totally, <laughs> I totally it right here. This is, this is pointing to it. But um, no, I, I go out of my way now. Does she still listen? No, nobody listens. It's, it's a house of nobody listening. The kids, nobody listens. But I, uh, I got my way to overpronounce in the most whitey white boy way of every, every, every Spanish word. I do it on purpose. It's for, it's for kicks. I'm just saying. Like Gran Masala or Marcella, right? Right, or Cardamon. Sometimes right. I hit it right, and sometimes I don't. It's all right. We're still. You know, learning. You know what? My dad was fluent. He lived in Cuba for a few years, remember but, that. but remember. he was in the restaurant business, and so he was never home. So I had nobody speaking Spanish to me. On I, a I think. Basis. I think the, the 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 word tortilla. I think people need to really accentuate that because it's probably the most it, tortilla. It's like such a sexy word, you know, for food. So when people are talking about tortillas, they should be like, hey, da, 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 da. tortilla, boom. It's like, oh, my God, I want to have, whatever that is. I want to have it. But there, there's so many different aspects when we're dealing because we're talking about taquitos or tacos, but sopas there. That's that's life changing if you actually because it's the small little ring and it has mm-hmm. a dividend. If in it you get it with like the masa, like fresh. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Yeah. You know, if I didn't have to go home, we would be going to go check your buddy out in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you can get that. We'll we'll come we'll talk about Masa again and who's doing it right in Orlando because, you know, it's like there's heirloom Masa being made in that If city. people are wondering, by the way, Amy, I, I just want to be clear. Amy Drew Thompson is going to be bringing you the the audience the hottest baddest places in the central Florida, Orlando, uh, area. Okay. So you need to tune in. Um, I'm so going to, yeah. Tortilla. Tortilla. <laughs> Everyone has to have a tortilla. Um, but going forward, we're going to get a little, we're, we're going to get forward on the schedule. Right. And I want to be able to publish the schedule. This way people can come in and tune in when they know you're on. It's fear of missing out. FOMO. As the kids say. Yeah. By the way, I know a if guy that's actually that, growing Jimmy, Jimmy Redcorn. I'm sorry? Jimmy Redcorn. I know a guy that's cooking or growing it. Oh, yeah? Of course it's you. It's an heirloom. Yeah. That, that, somebody had a picture. Was it you that had a picture of the Redcorn or somebody else on my Facebook? I had pictures, rec- not that recently, of like the beautiful different- white, yellow, blue, red. I mean, they look like gemstones. It really, it looked like jewelry. So, so you want to go what an heirloom corn masa meat? What is These that? These are varieties of corn that grew in Mexico in the way, way back that are being cultivated by family farms and brought back. In ways, some of them never left, some of them are being brought back, and there are companies, this is not straight out of my current wheelhouse, so I don't have it right there at my fingertips, but there are a couple of companies that are importing these heirloom corns um, 
you know, through, um, through a single distributor distributor. Thank you. That, that supports these particular family farms in Mexico, keeps them growing. These things supports the families. So these are not been altered, genetically modified. They're not genetically modified. Um, Enrico Olivar, they're he's so from beautiful. Central in Mexico. He's the one that kind of reinvigorated the actual heirloom corn because it was being killed off because of the GMO corn that's being brought into that Mexico. So he's actually got with farmers that in different elevations of mountains that have different types of corn growing that could be once the same blue species or Jimmy red corn that could be in, in one part of Mexico, but as it goes up into elevation and or soil, it could be different. So you can actually have that same heirloom corn, but tasting different because of where the region it's coming from, just like San Manzano tomatoes and the regular and coffee. Support. Yeah, anything. Exactly. Yeah. That's wine. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's not all natural when you're talking, that's an organic, what she's talking about is, an or- is from one, it's organic. So it can't be generally uh, gen- genetically modified. So on and so forth. So and it's there's better so many you. varieties, yeah. shades of red, shades of blue. It's <clears throat> different. You can put like three or four, different colors it's the same color and then you see that they're different larger kernel smaller kernel hey bar and grill fans it's jim with madhouse bar talk where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around madhouse bar and grill in Elyria, ohio the whole conversation is unscripted uncensored and unedited Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby. Like that? Yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, it just, that really amps me up because it gives that flavors and not only flavor, but it gives you color on the plate. So you're doing something that's totally different. And John just got amped up because I said color, because he loves different colors on the plates. Oh my gosh, those make for great photography. I'll show you guys the story that I did a while back. I want to hear back from, from the audience. Um, if, if I think what I really want to do is to have a, um, photography focused, food focused, uh, podcast one day episode to where that's what we were doing. (laughs) No, no, no. To talk about it. Oh, you mean you're going to have someone like him talk? Yeah. I I would like to have some topic on, on food photography. Yeah. Him, not me. I don't, I'm not a photographer. He is. I mean, I'm an iPhone uh, photographer. I did a story on that a few, couple years back. The camera eats first. <gasps> we were just saying <laughs> that this. Whole, we were just saying it the entire week. Every time, yeah. oh, camera eats first. Yep. <laughs> Every time. That's brilliant. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Brilliant. Think about it when you when you go out to I dinner next I, time. I, I just gave you the props on it, you two. Yeah. But no, think about when you go oh, out. Yeah, now I you're going to see it up. all the time. That you're going to see it in your back. I never heard of it. Anyway, I didn't. You guys, this is a tough room. I tell you. No, what I'm saying is now you're going to think about it all the time when you see people <laughs> doing that. Nice. Yeah. Camry first. Actually, I eat I first. I still feel like a tool <laughs> taking pictures of my food in a restaurant. Even though everybody does it, I feel like I've said that everybody who's listening to this who knows me, she always says that. I do. I still feel like an idiot taking pictures in a restaurant. I feel like I should just be appreciating the food, but that's what I do. You are, t- you are really appreciating the food because you're taking a picture of the art. I, you know, that's a nice way. I still feel dorky taking my camera out and taking pictures, Uh, getting up, moving the plates around. Gotta sit by the window. The lights go. (laughs) I don't don't go that far, but yeah, Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. No, John's nodding at me because, and this is one of the things that I learned when I did that story with people who are really, really good at taking food pictures. 
because mm-hmm. I need to I needed to up my game. Well, I'm I'm here for this this whole thing. Um, he just wants to eat the food. I do. I, I, well, you know what? I want to take pictures. Well, I want John to take pictures of the food. I want you to cook it. I want to eat it, and we add, and I get to talk about it. Well, I want to do you a know? better job when I'm doing Instagram or any of these posts because that's what people see, right? Yes. They see the tacos and they go, "Oh God, I want that." Right? I, I, honestly, I'm so uh, like I'm on twelve different uh, you know social media platforms, and and I see. You know, whether it's the guest or the chef, I see these horrendous, these pictures, they're horrible. Like, but when you, and when you take a picture, you have to know what it looks like. Oh, I do. I know when it's bad. uh, But they post (laughs) them anyway and I don't get it. And you know, I, sometimes I, sometimes I want to have a cocktail and then reach out to that person. I'd be like, look. Yeah, here's, you drunk dial them yeah, and give them I, I photo critiques. Yeah, but here's the thing, and this this happened to me. Uh, Keith and I were talking about what you're saying. You have to have the support group around you that will say, "Hey, you know what? You can do better." Friends don't let friends post that, yeah. right? Do you you know how that you can when you're walking out of the house, you're like, maybe do like the last mirror check before I leave, and do I look like you know poop or not? That's the same thing with the the plate. Does it is that too busy? Is it this? When you're doing things and you don't have people around you that are going to question you in the right proper way, I have to point that out. That can say to you, "Hey, you're better than that. I know you are. This is what about this texture? What about that texture? You can learn from one another." You're saying that I shouldn't reach out to somebody to be like, "Hey, Schmendrick, <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> well, you you can, but here's the thing: why you you've got to give them? Hey, let me show you what we do. Here are things that we can do, and this is what level you should be at, and how do we, how do we get you from where you are now to here? So what you're saying is, I, we would go and say, "Hey, um, let me show you what we do, so you can you know go jump off a bridge." No, no man, come not, on, because no, it's never going to match what we do, dude. No, no, we're it's, it's kind of like a we're kind of a big deal. I know, but you're still trying to help people. Yes, and you're still trying to call out, and if they don't know they're doing wrong, then how do they ever know? Yeah, I'm thinking a newspaper uh, and wrap it against their nose. You know what I mean? Well, roll it up. <laughs> You know, like, stop it. You still have to do it in the right way. At the bottom line is you still have to have a support group that you can count on and say, hey, does this look poop? It was, I just think not that look right. I feel like there's got to be more to it than that. Because you, like I said earlier, you know, when you have a crappy picture, how can you still post it? Some people don't think it's a crappy picture, though. Oh That's gosh. the problem. And here, and I'm going to throw this out and I know he's going to sh- nod the head. No one should be taking a crappy picture with the quality of cameras that are in phones right now. Oh, that's There's the no excuse. Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, I have to buy this. No, you don't. You have a $1,200 phone that has a pixel camera, whatever it is. Yeah, true. You just learn how to, you need to learn how to use it. That's Bottom true. line. That is true. I have, I have an old cruddy phone and I could learn how to use it better. I could. It, right. it does not, it may not be like the current camera, but for what it was then, I could absolutely do a better job with what I have. You know, the first question There's I would be so like, much is, to do. Right. Is, that, is that an iPhone eight? No, you need to upgrade to an iPhone 14. I can, that I'd say, yes. It's an iPhone six. Right. right. Well, yeah. I get have the Android equivalent of an iPhone eight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you need to upgrade. Yeah. You switch companies all together. <laughs> I'm, no, <a> I'm <laughs> like a real journalist, not a TV journalist. Right, people listen, I don't have the money for that. Because John doesn't talk, right? <laughs> Composition is really important. Lighting is mm-hmm. really important. Um, oversaturation, not oh, so important. Saturate, Carl. Stay away from the saturation, Carl. I do that for him. I don't give me a break. Shout out. I, you could just, just eat all your meals at Doshi in Orlando where you cannot take a bad picture. I swear to God, whoever designed the lighting in there was like, make it perfect for everybody's Instagram. 
<laughs> Every single picture I took in there with this crummy camera was like, I mean, See, but that's, I, I shudder to think what you could have done in there because every single picture that I took was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, but when John goes to dinner, he brings like his whole light, studio. He brings, <laughs> he brings, he brings like you know big lights and you know the his, ring and the this. Yeah, he brings that. everything to, when he goes out. To I eat. need to remember to that's do what, that. For, that's what real photographers do. They bring all of their studio equipment Usually to the table. I'm just like, hey, I took you out to dinner. Can you shine your camera light on my plate? <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's where I was going with that. Do you remember Tampa Food Mom was there at our event and she actually had a mini camera or a mini light that she said, John, hold the camera. Not that John, John, her husband, hold that up. And she put the light over it so he, sh- or he did so she can take the proper picture. So when you're into it, they're going to do the right thing. I have one expect- of those now. Right, right? I just forget to bring it with me. Mm-hmm. It's a whole rig. It was a Christmas gift, so yeah. I have to no, it's, bring it. It's not even. It's, it's this little. It looks like a beeper. Yeah. To be to be honest with you, and it's just a light, and they hold it up, and then boom. John's got. He, you got well, of course, John's cube. got one. Yeah, of course he does. Explain what a beeper is for the people who are younger than <laughs> wow. us, please. <laughs> it was. Uh, Do you wow. want anybody younger really than fifty sh- to like listen to this podcast? Just bypass. Just, just drop it. Just move on. Don't yeah, I just it. realized what I said. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Beeper. All right. You didn't um, call it a pager. 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 Wow. Paging Dr. Love. No. <laughs> well, that's what they would have thought. Of. Oh, why are they talking about pagers? Beeper. Beeper. <laughs> they probably thought the Muppet. Me, 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 me. Oh, wow. It's Beaker, right. by the way. Everybody just, I can, I can see collectively everybody switching off the podcast right now. No, they're probably wondering, like, he's really tired. Everybody they're Googling, they're Googling Beeper. <laughs> beeper is trending. That's <laughs> like, okay. Wow. All right. I think we've hit the, we hit the wall. Um, okay. So Amy Drew Thompson, uh, when we get off air, we're going to talk about when you're going to come back. Um, and I thought we were having tacos next week. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's when she wants to come back is next week. I want to come back for tacos. I'll be here. I'll be here. (laughs) I'm here. Um, oh yeah. They're playing you out. They're playing me out. Um, Go ahead and give your uh, your Instagram again. Follow also, me on Instagram yes. at Amy Drew. It is A M Y D R double O because my name was taken and double O's are cute. Indeed, um, and the name of our uh, taco friend over the border taqueria, also on Instagram, and you can find him elsewhere too. Don't forget to vote. Right, it's voting going on. That's right, Orlando Sentinel Foodie Awards. Make your vote count. Eat the vote, baby. Eat the vote. Right. Eat the vote. I mean, like rock the vote, but no. Like, oh, wow. Huh? See, that was stick with the fuel, bro. <sighs> Next round, we'll get here for the nominations phase, and then maybe we can shake some things up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody, thank you kindly. Check out Chefs. Check out Peninsula Food Service in Central Florida. You must do it. We are out. Let me tell you about my friends over at Citrus America and their amazing juicing equipment. They're revolutionizing the way you enjoy freshly squeezed juice. 
They're at the best hotels, restaurants, and markets. Their mission is simple. Develop a unique consumer experience with on-premise juicing, deliver healthy taste options to clientele, and juice more faster. It's that easy. Citrus America supplies the highest quality juicing equipment and solutions in the industry. So whether you're a small business owner or a large corporation, Citrus America has the right juicing equipment for you. Find out more at citrusamerica.com. 